Sauerdekap and welcome back to another episode here for the Funky Pod and the Academic Corner. That's where we talk about innovative teaching methodologies, ideas, experiments, and so on. And today, I want to explore the concept of well, more inclusive classrooms. Like, how can we, as educators, um, foster, create more inclusive classrooms? Well, focusing on higher education, obviously, because it's the academic corner. So grab your coffee, if you're a coffee person, if not a tea, water, and protein shake. That's what I just did. <laughs> and, well, let's jump into it. Like, um, get your notepads ready, because we are about to, to use some more metaphors, dive into an approach that's, in my opinion, pretty vital to, to teaching, uh, maybe as vital as Caffeine for US in the morning to get started, or the, my protein shake for me. Um, so let's jump right into it. Let's foster inclusive classrooms. Now, what is an inclusive classroom? Like, how, how would you define that, right? And I'll just give you what I think inclusive classroom means, and then maybe we can agree, disagree, and let me know if, if you if you on board with the definition. So for me, an inclusive classroom is it's like a bit like an like an academic conference, right? You bring together a diverse range of, of thoughts, of what else do you have? experiences, expertise, and you bring it all together, right? So it's a place where, where students of all kinds of backgrounds, abilities, experiences feel valued and not only valued, but also supported in, in their learning, right? So that's the idea of an inclusive classroom. So it's not about treating everyone identically, but it's about offering equal opportunities for success for everybody that's participating in this class. I hope that makes sense. Okay, so that's how I would define an inclusive classroom. And to also just yeah, jump into the into Mythbuster-like functionality for a second, because I used to love this show. Um, there are a few myths um, about inclusive classrooms that I came across when I I wrote some papers on it and so on, right? So a few of those myths, they have been pretty persistent. And it's it's almost feels like those myths are like, you know, like like students on this on your waiting list for your classes. You're like, no, I don't want a student to come to, to, to my class, but it's just not going away. And some of the myths are just the same. Um, yeah, inclusivity is not simply about PC, political correctness. It is not. It's it's about acknowledging the richness of your diverse student body and, most importantly, I think, enhancing their learning experience. That's what I think matters the most. Second, yeah, making your classroom, lecture hall, whatever, workshop room, inclusive doesn't have to be this daunting thing. Like, oh, no, I have, course prep is already daunting. Now I have to... Do even more by making it inclusive. Uh, no, it's not. It's it's consistent, mindful changes that will make it more inclusive by default, automatically, if you will. Okay, so those are the two main myths that I wanted to bust because when I have discussions about, hey, for, for, for research purposes, right? Hey, so how do you make your classes more diverse? And this is usually like a so much work and B, it's like political correctness, which is not, right? It's acknowledge richness of the diverse student body and make sure that the learning experiences of every student involved are enhanced. So that's what I find to be very important when you talk about 
um, yeah, inclusivity. Now, what are some of the strategies that we could use to to create this this inclusive classroom, right? Um, well, I think there are a lot, but like one, the easiest one maybe even would be just being mindful of the language, right? Because language obviously is a platform where where you build understanding upon, right? So ensure that your vocabulary and your expressions are respectful and inclusive, of course. That does not mean that does not mean that you can't joke around. It doesn't mean that you have to be super PC all the time. That's not the same. And that's why I figured having an episode like this might be valuable for some because just because you're inclusive doesn't mean you cannot be sarcastic, for example. Like my lectures are very sarcastic. I'm sarcastic with everybody. I just try to be as inclusive with everybody. Like everyone can get it. I don't care who you are, right? So... Being inclusive doesn't mean you have to be super PC all the time. You can't have fun. You can't make jokes. You can't be sarcastic. That's not eek. That, that's not what it means. Okay? So that's important. So just be mindful of your language. Make jokes. Make fun. No problem. Just include everybody. And in order to be inclusive in the classroom, I think it also is important that you employ how to say, like, like a range, like a range of teaching methods. They're not only doing the same thing. So, because we're all familiar with, with lectures, seminars, workshops, and so on. Like, but what if you incorporate a few other um, pedagogical levers? That's what the, the word that I learned from my, my the participating in the Stanford class, I reference a lot, um, course, which I love. I love it. So, so use a few different um, methods, methodologies, or levers, um, for example, like the go-to one, problem-based learning. Why not peer instruction? Why not a few others that we will discover if you stick with me here on this channel? Right, so yes, stick to the ones that we all know, lecture, seminar, workshop, but then why not add a few different ideas to it to make the students go, oh, oh. So it's not always the same concept. The lecturer is actually trying to figure out how to include all of us. Yeah, so that also leads to inclusivity. And I think that's something that your student body will also appreciate. They say, oh, you're trying something different. That's cool. You're trying really to, to include all of us. Yeah. That's a nice thing. Um, a no-brainer, but a thing that even now I, I, I hear is a lot, like, um, especially since, since now, and not tooting my own horn, but since being like a head of a department, right? So complaints come to me way more often than before like when you're just just lecture right uh, and it doesn't didn't mean to just condescending this just i just mean like you're a lecturer you're focusing on your class and so on but once you have this other position like the head of the department now so i get to hear complaints and people come to me with like all different sorts of yeah problems and whatnot and one of the problems that students voice a lot is like the course materials aren't accessible like uh, and I've, I'm, I'm like, what? It's 2023. How come? So inclusive classrooms need accessible course materials. It should be a no-brainer, but apparently it's not. So make it accessible. Yeah? Consider everything. And I don't mean accessible by you can download the slides, yes, of course, but make sure that there's font sizes, that, that students can actually read it. And I mean, think about the students that might have some problems um, reading certain things yeah that's color contrast on slides as well yeah if you have lecture recordings 
turn on closed captions. It's not just helpful for students with hearing impairments, they can also help like international students, for example, so they can learn better by reading while you're talking. So make accessible doesn't mean you can download my slides, accessible, accessible means that it's everyone can, sorry for that, um, hitting the microphone while I'm recording, because accessibility is a big, big, big pet peeve of mine and make it as accessible as possible. And it's a pet peeve of mine in lectures, education, but also, in digital marketing and all those things, other things that, that, that I do, like websites aren't accessible, for example. It's, oh, make everything accessible, so make your course material as accessible as possible. Okay, so that's very important. Like, okay, I'll give you one complaint, and I'm not naming names or anything, but students came to me, for example, like international students, said, hey, so, um, some of our course material is not in English. Like, how can we work with that if it's not in English? So, so make sure that all the students can access all the course material that's necessary, okay? That is accessible to them. Okay. Um, lastly, I think, um, and I talked about this before, like the, the learning environment, right? I think as lecturer, teacher, professor, whatever you are, like fostering a respectful learning environment should be something that is on top of your mind. It's like, like setting the ground rules for like a, a seminar, right? If you set the ground rules, it will be more productive. So it's important to, to establish what constitutes a respectful and appropriate behavior in your classroom. But we talked about this in the episode before in classroom management. Just wanted to recap that and, and weave that into this one because I think that just goes hand in hand. Okay, so this respectful learning environment, I think, is instrumental to be inclusive to a succeed with your classroom management and then also b to make this inclusive classroom work because if everyone's respectful knows the, the ground guidelines i don't want to say rules actually but knows the guidelines then it's more inclusive everyone gets treated the same way everyone know, knows what's happening hence everyone can enjoy it more and hopefully learning experiences will be enhanced okay so if you if we, if we now just summarize those, those those five key takeaways right so I think the essence of an inclusive classroom in, in higher education, that's what we focus on, is um, respect, obviously, um, equal opportunities, diversity, and collaboration. We talked about collaboration too. So it's about, it's about creating teaching and learning environments, I think, um, that are as rich and as diverse as maybe the disciplines that we all present, right, represent. So we all, everyone... In higher education, we all have different disciplines. And so I think creating an inclusive learning environment is just as rich and as diverse. And that's something good. I'm hesitating if I, if I should give more personal examples, but I'll just give one more personal example so then, then you can tell me it's just anecdotal. Yes, it is. But maybe it's a good anecdotal example. Okay. Um, so I have a few classes that I teach, and there are seats up not only for students from our faculty, but also students from other faculties across the, the uni. They can, they, they can apply for it, and then if it's okay, that fits, then they can take a seat in this class, right? And it's usually pretty awesome because, yes, they lack some of the background info that our students might have. For example, I have fourth-year students in digital strategies class, so I know that they had strategic communication before, they had marketing and or not before, so I, I can build up on that. And then when students from other faculties come, they don't, they don't have that background information. Yeah, I get it. But 
they bring different perspectives into the classroom and then we mix them up with, with, with our students and so it's fantastic it's like a cool learning environment so yeah, diversity should be embraced i think and and not i know shushed away for example right so embrace diversity give equal opportunities make sure to foster respect and you know celebrate also collaboration so now now it's your turn actually because i really want to hear how are you doing this how how do you foster this inclusive classroom and it would be cool to to hear examples i'm all up i'm all up for for anecdotal evidences and hearing some anecdotes so shout out um, either in the comments of course or anywhere on social media it's at funkitpod or if you like sending emails because that's what academics do funkitpod at gmail.com for this podcast um, otherwise just shout out in the comments um, if you're listening or watching this on one of the podcast platforms such as spotify it would be cool if you could also leave a quick review because then we can reach more people and hopefully get more examples which would be pretty awesome all right so this is now the last episode um, in which i try to i know give like a basic foundation of what i think is necessary to then create some innovative approaches right so then starting from the next episode um, we will dive into a few actual innovative hopefully innovative teaching approaches in higher education so now we have like the the basic level of okay we can always fall back on that we have inclusive classrooms we've talked about classroom management we talked about what we think innovative teaching actually means so we have this covered and then now starting with the next EP, we can really dive into actual experiments, examples, and so on. So, as always, see, actually, you learn to say, like, when you do presentations, are you like, don't say thank you because, well, that just sounds too needy, but I still want to thank you. So, thank you for joining, for being, for being here. Looking forward to the next one. As always, stay safe, take care. Sorry, come.